probably every one of us lacking in our own special way. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what we I would like to achieve, though. <laughs> I think Everything I'm lagging for beautiful. sure. It's Monday on Game of Owns. We are recording over the internet because we live in different places than each other. What? Mm. That's yeah, news to me. It's true. I thought we all lived together in, you know, a great hall of... Party? Yeah. Had great feasts together. I take all of Selena's profile photos, even the one with the sunglasses and the big rock. I took that. <laughs> yes, he did. That was a King's Landing. We're having a good time because it's Monday and all four of us are together. After last week, uh, that was like a busy, strange week, but like mm. I feel like we survived it. I know. And uh, good thing, too, because we just get to the part of the books where certain oh my characters God, this is like that will play so a larger role are being introduced. Are you kidding? I am like, su- I, su- I can't even contain my excitement. The chapters we have this week are like ridiculous. They are really great. Yeah. It's almost like George yeah. knew Selena. Just for you, he was going to introduce for me. the yeah. reads and then Brienne. And then Brienne. I, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. about Gilly, to be honest. Let, let, let's ah, face it. You need to own up to that yeah. and be truthful. <laughs> yes. Maybe, you know, compared to the other two. I know Sam would be very disappointed. Ooh. I bet he would. Sam might find problems in that. But, you know, those are chapters that we can visit later on in the week. We have read excitedly because we're glad to be back on this week of being chapter by chapter. That made no sense, but mm. in a way, it, it sort of did. It didn't have an intellectual flow to it, but the words actually made sense. Yeah, you'll wash them and they'll come out fine. Yeah. I Sometimes thought, yeah. I thought that's how a podcast for. works, though, isn't it? Pretty much, I think, yeah. But it's okay because we didn't go to school for this so can we teach Podcast it can school? we can we go with that's that's what we need to do moving forward <laughs> professor micah yeah I'm, I'm already a professor i don't know what you're talking about meister meister micah he's like and the theory behind plugging itunes is that you want to give your listeners a catalyst to direct them toward actually doing it <laughs> so in my go. show we devised a way of a, a fear mechanism where we would threaten their lives and in turn they would comment our show but you Welcome see to Zach, Game of think of all the bullshit courses there are out there we could we could definitely teach one and talk about stuff exactly like what you just brought up i'm pretty sure i'm the broadcasting school's equivalent of like the recess teacher who like (laughs) guards people during recess make sure they don't go outside the perimeter that's pretty i'm pretty sure that's what i would do we did get an email recently um someone who went back to our earlier episodes and they were mentioning that when you were given the hypable plug early on, Selena, you just you didn't spell it all the way out. So they thought for such a long time that you were plugging a site called hyperbole. Yeah, I was saying like it a wrong. hyperbole. No, no, you were <laughs> saying it right, but that. the accent was like it confused them. And you see, these the, these are the kinds <laughs> uh, of things that we need from our listeners. Yeah, you know, absolutely. This ready-made advice. Yeah. You know, this is a teaching course. Like we can now speak at length about spelling things out. Loud. Are you transitioning into us talking about how to say people's names properly on the show? Well, I tried to get into that. I wanted to make sure that we all That'll be the pronunciation on, module. That's happening next semester, guys. There are ways that you can mispronounce things and stay under the radar, but then there are certain ways that will definitely go very noticed. Mm-hmm. And uh luckily our little friend here in this special special Monday episode where we meet some fancy people, Bran managed to stay on his best behavior, which is good, and he managed to be an exceptional lordling, I think. I agree. Well, it's really inspiring the way that the lordlings get the food first so that they can take their king's portion of food during during all the feasts. That would inspire me to be a great pragmatic ruler mm-hmm. just so I could continue getting the king's portion of food first to choose Really? From. 
Yeah, that's you a terrible want reason to, uh, to want to become king. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't vote for you. <laughs> I, I I really like that that idea well, of if all you that food. everything. Then none of your uh, none of your people would ever get fed. Nobody wants everything. Uh, Buttered turnips. The phrase got the <laughs> the phrase got the the turnips and the parsnips and the beets. Yeah, can we just uh, can know, we brand, just talk about was, how he sent that to the Frey boys? Like, <laughs> yes. just crack up. The, the Frey boys <laughs> got we that. Failed to mention the best mechanic of this whole thing is that after they get to make their pick, they look out into the audience, and this is what Bram was taught, and you get to choose where the food goes. So it's like mm. doing people a solid that are in your <laughs> And he's like, you know, oh, yeah, area. and he's like, this this guy that, like, watches my horse, he doesn't really do anything, but I'm going to send him this nice chicken, lobster, yeah, lobster just because I like him. <laughs> He sent right. Hodor the sweets. Oh, Hodor no. got a lot of An old man. sugar. That was amazing. Lady Horwood got some salmon. She looked you know, sad, keeping her spirits up. Mm-hmm. Nice light meat. Yeah. I think that you know. I think this would be probably the most powerful power play you can make in this seat. If you really think about it, everyone is assembled <laughs> for a feast. They're all friends, and now it's like the old imperial version of a myspace top eight you're like all right who gets the roasted quail you Mm. and then you know people get to really find out things about how the kingdom is ran but in this case that really wasn't what was happening bram was just honestly getting full and passing food out to people for the Mm -hmm. first time yeah yeah now that was an interesting uh job part of the job description that i must have looked over uh but uh it was good (laughs) you were focused man on the top part you were like wait they get First scoop out of every plate. <laughs> Am I hearing this correctly? You know what made me really sad is that all while all this brand stuff is going on, and obviously we'll we'll get to Mira and and, uh, Ray, and uh, what's his face, Jojen. Whoa, uh, in jo- a minute. Um, but it's really sad that in all of Brand's chapters, this really tragic love story has been going on in the background between Lady Hornwood and. Um, Roderick, Roderick Cassell. Roderick Cassell, yeah, where she's like, oh yeah. well, you know, he really like she, he really likes, oh, she really likes him, and then they're like, oh well, then Beth could have a mother, and he's like, oh no, that that wouldn't work, we're, we're the wrong stations, <laughs> and here in this chapter, he asks her to dance, and she declines, and I'm like, no. It's so yeah. sad. So yeah, he didn't ask for the digits soon enough. That's what <laughs> it was. Send her the salmon. I know. <laughs> it, or uh, should have sent her the uh, what is it that's a um oh what's the word aphrodisiac uh um, green. Should have sent her some chocolate <laughs> anyway. But uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oysters. The party quickly. The feast yeah. quickly turned into a rave, Mollusk. which I was I was surprised. <laughs> this is when about. the when the reeds walked in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they walked in. I thought, yeah. These guys are know how to get down, and they know how to get down in the trees. So apparently, they know how to. <laughs> I've seen this scene before in a video game I played a long time ago called The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Uh-oh. And what should have happened when Link snuck into the castle is to actually meet everyone you know meet the ruling class and this is what happened we got to see the kids from the kokiri they came out of hiding and they were like all right we're getting the old crowd back together well then here's our damn sword and axe yes, we're here that was so beautiful. it was cool <laughs> when you say old crowd all i think of is order of the phoenix <laughs> i had a feeling and one of you guys would think oh, okay <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but but also during the uh description for them when bran was going back on what he heard of it i thought of an old video game i had which wasn't zelda it was called bayou billy and Bayou's going, <laughs> that does not Bayou sound Billy's like Zelda going around in these uh, <laughs> swamps because the reeds are from these swamps. Actually, they live in these, okay. I guess, little raised pieces of land, uh, and yeah. they hide in trees. And they're considered, I guess, cowardly by some people because their weapons, uh, you know, are are fused with with poison. They have like poison arrows and poison, and they hide in the shadow rather than uh, 
coming, you know, to face you up front. But I thought it was really interesting insight, not just into the reads, but because Bran um, was aware that Howland um, Reed was one of one of Ned's closest friends or allies, at least, you know, from down in the in the days where he was down yeah. by the fork. So in spite of these guys being called cowards by others or whatever, you know, Bran knows that Ned knew these guys and and he kind of supports them, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah no, we got to hear a, a, of a story where he was recalling when, when Ned was speaking to him once, sort of giving him a lesson, and he was telling him about Sir Arthur Dane and how if it wasn't for Howland Reed, you know, this would be someone who could have easily killed Ned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So the Reeds were a part of the Stark... Posse? Yeah, the part of the Stark the, of the Stark's posse, exactly, because it's, <laughs> it's the same thing that's happening now where everyone's gathering forces. That's what was right. happening during the last rebellion. Mm-hmm. And this guy was the on Reeds our side. The really represent an important part of warfare, which is the guerrilla, you know, warfare. They're guerrilla tacticians. They do things that you just wouldn't think of. And as a result, those people who run across a field, you know, in plain sight to fight you, you know, may easily overpower you. But if you got some reeds in there with some, you know, poison darts and shit hiding in behind <laughs> trees in swamps. That's how you're going to win the war. You know, if you're being outnumbered or something, you know, you don't take them on their terms. You take them on your own. So I, I think that's probably why the reeds were very useful to Ned. And uh, it just, just, it makes sense that they would be allies. You're thinking very much in battle strategies today. I think you're trying to win your... Your kingdom with your king's portions. I really want my king's portion, okay? <laughs> so what's for dinner tonight, Eric? Is that too much to ask? Oh, you know, I've got I'm gonna have some uneaten some, dinner sitting beside me. I'm gonna have some staring. venison stew, <laughs> venison stew, and uh, boiled you know, hot parsnips. red potatoes, leeks. Yeah, parsnips and leeks. so much. A whole hog. You know, after this chapter, I realized finally why there is a Game of Thrones cookbook out there. I know, I know. There's like peppered, peppered. Uh, uh, what was All it? Right, quail? Let's just hear it. Such food Bran had never seen. Course after course after course. <laughs> so course. much that he could not manage more than a bite of or two of each dish. There were great joints of aurochs roasted with leeks, venison pies, chunky with carrots, bacon oh, and mushrooms, mutton chops, sauced in honey and cloves, savory duck, peppered boar, goose, skewers, peppered pigeon, boar. and cap- capon, capon, beef and barley <laughs> stew, cold fruit soup. Lord cold Wyman had brought soup. 20 casts of fish from White Harbor packed in salt and seaweed, <laughs> white fish and wrinkles, crabs and mussels, clams and herring, cod, salmon, lab- lobster, lampreys, black bread, honey cakes, oat and biscuits, not no biscuits, Oat and biscuits. Oat and biscuits. Turnips, you could, you could peas, beans, beans, of- beans, squash, huge red onions, baked apples, berry tarts, pears, <laughs> oh strong wine. Wheels of white cheese were set at every table above and below the salt and flagons mm. of hot spiced wine and chilled autumn ale. I think we just discovered the why these books are so long. I'm impressed that Zach memorized all that. <laughs> I know. It was hard. And wait, what did you say that uh, it was Wyman Manderley he ate all of that? Is that yeah. That's what I took away from that. <laughs> he might as well have. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I like him though. Yeah, but Brad, my God, the only food that's not here is at Renly's camp in the next I know, chapter. I know, and that's the, the, <laughs> the whole peaches food and all the, the kingdom. Yeah, sausage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, so mm. the reeds come, and <laughs> I mean, yes, I mean, essentially, the reeds come, and I feel like what this does in my mind is really show us the state of the state, because the last time they came and took an oath and took a vow, like they did in the old ways, here in front of a Stark. Other things were happening, and now we really know. I mean, not that we didn't know before, but it's nice to see, you know, shit is moving. Why do you think that uh, the Reeds are, like, the children of Howland Reed are coming as opposed to Howland Reed himself? 
because these two girl, like these these two um children just seem to be like out on their own little mission here and they they're yeah, coming see, for the bran which is obviously very interesting Maybe they kill their father. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just jump to like the worst possible. This is Game of Thrones. What do you want? <laughs> well, just read, taking it all together and reading the whole chapter apart from first impressions, because at first they look like they have it all together. Mm-hmm. He seems older. They both seemed older than they are. And that might be because we're speaking from the eyes of Bran. But either yeah. way, they have experience and they've made their way there and, you know, they've memorized some words. So they've got that going for them. But <laughs> after the end of the chapter, we see it linked together with what Bran is seeing. And that goes back to the first question that they asked, basically, when they got his audience, which was, hey, we're the big, we're the big wolves. We're the dire wolves. <laughs> so there's some motives that I think as a reader we can take away from it. Mm-hmm. Now, I knew from watching season two of the series, um, you know, and doing this show, Selena, you said very early on too that, you know, the reads and other characters that get introed don't on the show. And, you know, we were waiting and waiting and waiting for the reads to be introduced, but it didn't look like they would. Uh, and they didn't until, you know, part of the way through season three. So seeing them now so early in these books, uh, you know, just for me, it stands out because already we've got some supernatural aspect to them where they're both in Bran's dream and they kind of know it, mm-hmm. um, which is which is weird. Uh, and I just feel like maybe it'll be done better in the books just because there's more time to kind of spread it out and, and kind of show. Because I, I think it got a little too mystical, a little too fast for me in the show. Uh, and there was just so little, so few of them, you know, so, so few scenes of them in the series. So. For me in the books, if they can make it sound less cheesy, I think, than it did in the show, uh, I'm all over yeah. it. Well, I, I definitely think that you have the time now, especially introducing them so early on in A Clash of Kings, to build up to what we saw, as you mentioned, Eric, came very quickly in the show. And yeah. you were almost left wondering. It, it made sense, but it, it seemed like these characters were sort of coming out of left field. And you yeah, weren't necessarily sure their connection. when they came in. You know, like like at the time, like here they come at the time of, of relative peace in Winterfell, you know, whereas in the show they came in at a very convenient time, you know, you could say where I think that and, and then they I think they really wanted them to introduce them in season three because they knew that book fans were already like me were already impatiently waiting for them. But honestly, there just still wasn't room for them in the show at that mm-hmm. time. So that's probably why I'm I'm guessing that we're going to see a lot more of them, if not in season four. Um, probably in season four, actually. This is certainly one of our huge, incredible differences going into this book that a lot of you guys on online were telling us through comments or through emails or through tweets saying like, you know, this is where it's going to start getting differently. And this is kind of like how you guys warned Eric and I, you know, changes from the book that's been in the show. But this is this is a huge 180. You know what I mean? This almost has literally nothing to do with how they were introduced in the show other than the fact that it's the same people that saw them for the first time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and. It goes back to the very, very beginning of this book when we got introduced to characters like Shireen and Selyse uh, when those characters were not introduced until season three as well. So a lot of characters coming to the forefront in these chapters uh, in the second book that didn't get any sort of screen time until season three. Mm -hmm. I like how they're able to do that and just hold certain characters back for the sake of the show so that it doesn't make it get, like I guess, too complicated. Because they are featuring on so many, they're focusing on so many different places and 
there's a whole host of characters for every single place. I can, I can see why they did it. I just think it's cool that they're, they're doing their own thing. But now that we're reading, the answer's already here. Like, you know, kind of what they're about and, and what they do. All the things we haven't seen, all the things we might yet see on the show are already in the books. It's interesting because, I mean, we're fine with the changes. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. changes. No one has any control other than the showrunners. But it's cool to come and see it from a book perspective because now we know we have pages and pages ahead of us of something that we don't even really know it's going to happen. But in most cases, going through these chapters, for us being behind the show, not terribly numerous things are surprises. You know what That's I mean? That's true. Yeah. But this is something that is different and it's something we've been waiting for for a while. And I think this was a great intro. Yeah. I agree. Uh, what I like about these chapters in particular, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about this on Wednesday's show as well, is that this is all battle preparation. Like you're, you're sitting there and you're watching all of these different houses, you know, the banners have been called and, and all of these different families are now showing up at Winterfell uh, and if they haven't, they're with Rob and, and, you know, later on, you know, on Wednesday's show, we'll talk about Renly and, and all the families that have shown up there, but you really get much deeper context now for the fact that this battle is about to happen. I mean, the book is called the clash of Kings, but, but now you're seeing all of these different, you know, all the different sides, all the different Kings building up their armies and getting ready to go to war. Yeah. And instead of knowing what happens next, this, this part of the book might feel a little bit, um, frustrating to read, you know, but then again, if you look at the people that are being introduced in chapters like this one, it's really important to pay attention to everything that's happening, which is, I mean, even as far as in A Dance with Dragons, some of the stuff that's being set up in this chapter is still paying off, which I think is really cool. Well, I hope you caught too the, uh, as I did, the song that was playing in the background yeah. about the day the Night Walk, the Night's Watch, the day the, day the Night's Watch went out to uh face all the white walkers i think it was called like the battle for the dawn or something like that and there's a song about it just playing in the background it is mentioned in this in this chapter and gosh would i like to hear that song the whole way through to hear that story about how the white walkers were kept at bay well let, let uh, me sing them. it for you yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh okay okay we um, need hodor to start dancing to really complete the yeah, experience yes, yeah. and that wasn't the only song that they sang there was another one that happened to title an episode in season three. Oh, was it the band that made it fast? Yeah. See, that one I already know about. There's no mystery behind that for me. And and also, I think they should sing that song more at the wall. Uh, the You know, the one Battle for Dawn, because maybe then they'd remember how to actually deal with the creatures they're facing. <laughs> All these people. Eric needs to go and get like he needs to be someone that is paid in Westeros for advice. I know. <laughs> Just remember this song. Remember this song. I bet that song in it, it says, like, Obsidian Dagger makes them shatter, and <laughs> you should do this. About this. <laughs> this, is this is his words. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. That's good. Well, you begin like a traveling bard, Eric. Just a very well-paid <laughs> bard. Mind. That's cool. I do share a, a birthday with William Shakespeare, so. So that makes total sense now. The bard himself. Well, I'm just saying that if these memories are, um, I want to say, preserved, encased in these songs that are very ironically placed... Um, you know, within the chapters, then uh, they should be popular everywhere. All right. Well, since we're talking about stuff that owns, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was just that was bad. But <laughs> if we're if we're gonna be on a podcast called Game of Owns, we can <laughs> give you guys um our owns, and in this case, it would be an own directly directed completely toward the chapter we just discussed. I mean, again, to reiterate, 
this was a chapter that was very much a celebration. And like Micah was saying, this is kind of what happens before war there in Westeros. Yeah, the heads of state and feast. the heads of people are gathering their other peoples and they're talking to each other and they're deciding what they're going to do. And they're getting really full and making many bastards. And some speaking of making bastards, some girl was getting in the in the hallway just when uh, Bran and Hodor were walking by. How about that? I know. Was, yeah, and Hodor, <laughs> it was a big Hodor celebration. Quite a bit of interest in that. Well, he did. that was upset, upsetting to read because she was giggling it was a good time and then she like caught hodor watching her and she screamed i thought that was a little insensitive i don't know well what would you do (laughs) maybe she wasn't screaming from looking at hodor oh my own's going to jojen reed believe this or not um never thought i'd i'd see myself saying this from love actually kid but no, no no well okay he uh goes into the paddock or i should say god's wood i imagine it as being a little bit like a paddock where the uh, dire wolves are kept and uh, his sister's like, uh, you know, watch out. There's some dire wolves here. And Jojen replies, uh, it's okay. He won't hurt me. This is not the day I die. Mm. That's solid. So yeah. I was like, oh my God, does he know the day he's going to die? What? Well, uh, taking a leaf out of Eric's book, I'm going to give you my own next. That is the only leaf out of that book I will take uh, for my own proceeding. It does not occur in a dream sequence, much like Eric's did just at the end of the chapter that Bran was sleeping inside What are you saying, of. Zach? Are you saying that it's uh, not real? No, what I'm I saying said? that your own is great. Existential, solid, <laughs> okay. it's a great own. Uh, my own is going to have to pivot and go back to the real world where Asha is working diligently inside the feasting hall. And this is directly from the book. She, it says, Asha moved among the tables, pouring ale. One of Liebald Tallheart's men slid a hand up under her skirts, and she broke the flagon over his head <laughs> to roars of laughter. Yet, Micken had his hand down some woman's bodice, and she seemed not to mind. So, I think a double own today, one for Micken, one for Asha, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Micken for getting away right? from getting away with it, I guess. No, Micken yeah. for taking a chance, and it was mutual. So, good on you, Micken, good on you, Asha. You know, mm-hmm. those are juxtaposing situations, how it could go, people. Take notes. Take yeah, notes. Asha's That's really good. cool in, the, in this uh, <laughs> part of the story, I think, yeah. I, I got to give my own to uh, to Bran. I mean, again, I don't have to follow Eric's rules, so there. Damn it, Selena. And you guys are really do, just trying. You, spit on your rules. You're not Try, my seriously. Kings. Try but, to uh, give the own to somebody else. <laughs> no. Um, oh. Bran gets my own because uh, of the fact that he just, you know, started handing out the best food to the people that he liked because I thought that was an amazing thing, you know, for this eight-year-old boy to do. Um, and yes. forgiving Joseph, especially the, uh, the, the, the giant lobster. I mean, you can just imagine like all these dishes come in and then they, they come in with this giant lobster and all of the lords are just like salivating. <sighs> and then he's just like, yeah, the master of horse can have it. <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant. I also have to say, I mean, for an eight year old boy, he's already, um, kind of, kind of into, uh, what's her name? Mira. This sixteen-year-old girl that comes along—I think that's pretty, pretty. They shared a glance. She's mysterious. Yeah. They had a little moment. She knows yeah. things that he can only he dream blushed, of. Didn't about. He? <laughs> he did. Yeah. He did. He's eight. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have to give mine to, uh, to both of the reads. There's that moment, uh, and really, I mean, I could go through the whole thing, but I just think it's badass when they said together, "To Winterfell, we pledge the faith of Greywater," and. Jojen went on to say, I swear it by earth and water, 
mirror said, Wind I swear it by bronze and iron. Oh. <laughs> and they finished together by saying, we swear it by ice and fire. Ice and fire. I, I know. <laughs> I read that fire. and I was like, it's the name of the series. Oh my gosh. This is one of the reasons <laughs> I love the reads is because that's, that's that level with them where you just go. Joji and Amira, they know stuff. Mm-hmm. But what they do, do they know? Yeah, exactly. Mm, only the pages will tell us more. I think they know that they're part of a book series called Ice and Fire. I think so, too. <laughs> I, th- I think in the seventh book, they, it's just going to open with a prologue of them just talking to the audience. <laughs> being like, yeah, look, you may think far. you waited a while. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. And that's why Jojen knows what's going to happen, because he's read ahead. <laughs> I think it's because he eats frogs. Uh, maybe. And lizard monsters. Yes. Frogs are great be creatures of divination. <laughs> so on that note of divination frogs. Well, now this seems like just as good a time as any to show you and tell you guys, like it's a classroom assignment, the things that you have sent us that own for this chapter. There are quite a few, actually. There are. People like Bran. They do. Including Susan Stacy, who agrees with you, Selena. Ooh. She says... Bran owns the Walder phrase with boiled beets and buttered turnips. <laughs> yeah, Welcome to Reeds, who swear fealty that was the with best. ice and fire. Also, uh, Karen Smith says, my own goes to Rickon for biting the girl who tried to cut his hair. Also, uh, Pluisa, or Pamela Louisa, as she's called in the real world. Uh, Mars Umber owned the dance floor and Hodor, too. He did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Picturing Christian doing a jig. Are we yeah, picturing it? As he does. <laughs> what about here? One from an email address that is contactedgameofones.com from a Miss Beth Meyer. She writes, Hi, folks. I have finally reacquired a copy of A Clash of Kings and I've caught up with you. Wanted to send in my owns for the next brand chapter. I have to give one to Bran for, once he was full, directing the good stuff to folks like the Master of Horses, who trained Dancer, and Lady Hornwood while sending Big Walder and Little Walder boiled beets and buttered turnips. Yucko. She goes on to say, also, I realized I had to give one to the HBO showrunners for giving us such a true portrayal of the characters of the Reeds, even though their introduction had to be under such different circumstances. I would agree. I like Yes. And finally, like a silly busy. owned a summer who apparently was, even as a pup, running the show at Winterfell when Robert came to visit. <laughs> uh, she said, summer rained then. Oh, ha ha, rim shot. I'll be here all week. Try the buttered turnips, she says. Ha ha ha. Enjoying your podcast, Beth Meyer. You know, Thank you, Beth. Buttered turnips sound like a threat. Sound like they could be used in a threat. I love turnips. Mm. Really? I yeah, I do. To see if I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think the last time I had turnips, or beets for that matter. I like turnips. Um, but we do have a okay, okay. I'm not going to get some turnip hate. All right, yeah, Tur- no, turnip, I'm not a turnip Are you hater. How many turnip fans we have out there listening? Uh, You're going to get some angry emails. I don't want to get. I bet we have a turnip up. farmer. Who I'm going to be like everybody just hates turnips. turnips because of the way. Okay, okay. go on. All right, here's another email. I hope that has nothing to do with uh, turnips. It's from David Wakefield, and he writes. Bran owned by still having love in his heart, despite all of his recent tragic circumstances. During the feast, while observing his courtesies and offering the choice, this is to the lords and ladies, he sent sweets to Hodor and Old Nan as well, for no reason but he loved them. Joy listening to you all. Thanks for that. David W. from Nashville. Thank you, David. I mean, how can you not love uh, Bran at this point? It's true. Angie with an A says, Asha, with an O, gets my own for cracking a dude's skull open after he tried to feel her up. Hashtag, always ask permission first. Hashtag, creepy dude is owned. (laughs) No, uh, another hashtag of advice. Never ask permission to feel someone up. Just don't don't (laughs) Always say no. Try not to do it at a party where everyone's eating. You know what's weird is during reading this chapter, can I just, I want to add in this little, oh my God, mind blown moment is... 
I was thinking ahead to the reads and stuff that we see them do in season three. And I realized, cause uh, they go on a little bit. I think when Bran's getting back into bed about him being crippled, cause he's got to have the bars to kind of pull him along. And I was wondering if it, if Bran eventually, if Bran is, is getting to the point where he can, uh, warg is it into other bodies mm-hmm. that he could essentially like not be crippled. Cause he would just take control of other entire bodies and, uh, he could go into battle. He could still be a knight through proxy. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's true. But at the same time, it's not going to be Bran, you know? Like, you know, when he walks well, into but it Hodor, would be. Hodor isn't Bran. Unless you're saying that he could learn to do it more permanently. Yeah, yeah, he could. He could totally uh, be like a knight, you know, on the weekends when he wants to. Warg into Bran. There you go. Problem solved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Is it possible for something in one chapter to completely own something in another chapter? Have we Ooh. ever done that before? No, but it Ooh, sounds it could be like possible. a first. Do you have something for us? I'm intrigued. I, I just tell us. I just think the amount of food that was in this chapter <laughs> <laughs> spills over. Completely owned, like the chapters with Tyrion when he's walking around King's Landing with all these people hungry. You know, that chapter oh, with Arya God. where she's like scavenging for food and eating bugs. <laughs> so in, in addition to Twitter, Facebook, and email, which is com, you can head on over to iTunes and leave us a review where Nighthawk96 did with the title, The Best, and all he had to say was awesome, enough said. So he's uh, he's keeping things a little bit brief, which is thank you, Nighthawk. Certainly okay. It uh, it cuts down on the uh, the recording time, which uh, I think Zach appreciates, right? So he doesn't have to. Renly understands brief. I think he's a briefs man. Well, we'll be sure to discuss that on Wednesday's episode. Uh, (laughs) I can't think of anything better to discuss uh, as we uh, as we head towards Renly's camp. But if you would like to. uh, do what Nighthawk96 did. We would be much appreciative of it. Just head on over to iTunes and uh, leave us your feedback. Say hello to us in nice words. Or else we'll send you buttered beats. Tell us your favorite short story in the iTunes comment field. Just write it down. Nothing wrong with that. My favorite short story is called Five Stars. (laughs) That's deep. Go on, give us that. (laughs) If it is past Monday when you are listening to this, we do apologize for the tunnel of time we have created. Wednesday is next. I'm Zach. I'm Selena. I'm Eric. (gasps) And I'm Micah. (laughs) See you later. Magical. Goodbye.